to another episode of BS Faith, also known as Bumper Sticker Faith. My name is Louis Dooley. This is my brother Sam Key. And um, now we got some hot today. Yeah, we had, we had a late night last night, though. Yeah, we did, but it was good. It was, it good. was good. But um, to, today, man, like, I guess some of the previous episodes we've done made be kind of negative if you will yeah. like what I don't like what needs to be yeah. fixed what doesn't work and so now we've tried to give the flip side of that like what do we like what is good what yeah. really works well and so yeah. I think maybe because you came up with this topic <clears throat> I think maybe you were were you feeling a little I, like yeah, I was feeling I was feeling it so we did the episode of what's wrong with me right what's wrong with us yep. our spin the bible episode uh, and then we did what's wrong with the church but and that was that that was good, but I was sitting in church last Sunday, mm. and the pastor was preaching, and he had this little application section for one of the points about uh, God's love for His church, mm-hmm. and it was really convicting to me. And he quoted a verse from um, Psalm one forty seven verse eleven that says, "The Lord takes pleasure mm. in those who fear Him." And those whose hope is his steadfast love. And he just talked about the Lord taking pleasure in his church. And mm-hmm. and then do we take pleasure in his church? Mm. Do we love his church like he does? And I was sitting there uh, realizing that we had just uh, done that episode, which you can have both for sure, mm-hmm. both kinds of episodes. But it motivated me to say, hey, what is right with the church? Mm-hmm. And if you were to... Uh, try to convince someone to go to church, uh, what would you say? Mm. That kind of thing. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, so I think it's good. I found it difficult to think of things, not because I don't think anything good is in the church, but like it's things that I may not like that certain churches do, but the main idea of church and its purpose and reason, I'm on board for all of it. So I just find it yeah. difficult to to find like what are five things I like. It's like I like everything. You know, so, you know, I don't know if that's a cop out or I was just like brain locked or what the case was. But but I want to hear like what 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 are the what are some things that you really like? And you gave me a a taste of what you have. And I'm really eager to like dive into that. The first thing that I came up with was uh, that the um, the distinctive denominations that the Protestant. So we're going to be talking about like the Protestant Church, mm-hmm. the kind of the evangelical church that we're associated with. So within uh, the Protestantism, there's a lot of denominations, mm-hmm. and usually what people do is they say, "Look how divided the Protestant Church is." They're not pure like the. Catholic Church mm-hmm. or like the Greek Orthodox Church, they're just so divided. Mm-hmm. Um, also, keep in mind that the Catholics did divide from the Protestants, so everyone's dividing. But I really want to kind of give it a, a bumper sticker spin and mm-hmm. say that no, that they're not. They're more like distinctives in the in in, in that it's, we're, it's not that we're divided, but each denomination and even each congregation are distinctive. They have a distinct look, which mm-hmm. fits uh, different personalities that mm-hmm. people have, different yeah. tastes, different uh, expressions of worship. Some people like high church. Some people like 
low church, and, right? And so even that, like, just for some of our listeners, like, what does high church and low church mean? Yeah, high church would be like a, like an Anglican or maybe a Lutheran church where it's, it's filled, liturgy filled with liturgy. Okay. Uh, kind of, yeah, filled with more liturgy. They stick to, like, the script almost. Okay. And some people like that. Polished, great music. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. In, ter- in terms of choral <laughs> music and that. Yeah. Uh, but but then you have the church, and this is its strength that I'm saying. You have a church that can, like, be very high church and like sing Bach, right? But then you have this uh, organism, this this church that is able to morph into kind of any kind of setting, even into like a prison setting. And I love what you said uh, last night um, when we were with Tim. You said that. A lot of times when it came to the the church and its relationship with a prison, like sometimes churches say, oh, we're going to bring the church inside of prisons. And you're like, wait a minute, the church is already here, right? Mm-hmm. And that is that is so cool to me because you have a, a church capable of, of a high expression or a church capable of a kind of, of an expression within a, a, a different environment, such yeah, as a prison. Yeah. And then you have everything... Everything in between. You have the church that's able to adapt to African cultures, South American cultures, in China, underground Mm. cultures. And even Uh, like a cowboy, you see these cowboy churches, which are like, I don't know if like all cowboys go, but maybe they're kind of like the manly men or the rough, rough riders or roughnecks, you know. And then you got like biker, you know, biker churches. So it's like you got different personalities, different temperaments, and you need to have something that it's kind of like, I like chips. And so like Frito-Lay. They have a lot of different varieties. Yeah. You know, they make barbecue, plain, sour cream, and onion, jalapeno. <laughs> and it's like, I like yeah. most, I like all of them but plain, I can tell you that. And the dill pickle, <laughs> I'm not too much a fan of dill pickle. But for most part, like they have a variety that can appeal to anyone. Yeah. yeah. Even the plain, dab, boring, plain chip. Yeah. And yet they're all unified by mm. the fact that they're... They're under the Lay's umbrella. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's one it, company yeah, with different yeah. flavors, that's, so to that's speak. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> Someone should come up with all the, the different flavors of Fritos and relate them to the different denominations. I was going to say M&M's, but they're really just different colors, yeah. but they all taste the same. <laughs> but like, so then within the evangelical or Protestant realm, like... Uh, we have our distinctive expressions in that, like I just said, but we would all say that we're all Christians. Like if you believe these core doctrines, which they do, mm-hmm. like in the nature of Christ, uh, in the atonement, his death on the cross, if you if you believe in those things, then we're, we're unified. We're one. We're part mm-hmm. of the same family. We yeah. just look a little different, express it a little different. And that's just, that's an amazing thing. Uh, Thing that the church can offer. Yeah, that's that's um, <clears throat> you know, I'm 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 listening to you and I'm thinking about what you're saying, and a part of me is like, yes, but there's a part of me that's like, but wait, like when I think about different denominations, now you're meaning, of course, Christian denominations. Yeah. You're not meaning like Mormonism, no, 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 no. or Jehovah Witness or mm-hmm. Seventh Day Adventist, no. right? So those aren't. Christian evangelical denominations. Correct. So first, there needs to be a distinction yeah, made. Correct. So just Christian churches, yep. evangelical churches. Yep. So like Methodist, yep. Lutheran, um, evangelical free, yep. Baptist, uh, maybe even uh, Plymouth Brethren. Yep. You know, which they say is not a denomination. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we're talking about churches like these, and so it's like, well, when I think about what you just said, I'm in total agreement. Like it's cool that 
we all are unified by the one and same Christ, and we all believe mm-hmm. in him crucified, resurrected, and ascended. So we're all Christians. But then the part of me that's like, it's difficult for me, and I'm not saying you're wrong, it's difficult for me to say that's good is because of the divided part that mm-hmm. you talked about in the beginning. Like, those divisions aren't gospel um, issues. They're more what I would call, and this is what I would call, mm-hmm. non-essential issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that saddens me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, on one hand, I want to be able to be unified as one church, mm-hmm. and we all believe the same thing. But you know, I think God knew before the foundations of the earth that church was going to look this yeah. way. Um, and, and clearly, if he wanted to be different, then things yeah. would be different. Yeah. But it's just, it's I don't know, man. I'm feeling in my, I'm feeling a tension within myself mm-hmm. of saying that that's good because a part of me feels like it's not good. But here's what's worse. Like I think that I think it's good because mm-hmm. it's adaptable. Here's what's worse if because like you just said, they divide over like third order issues, issues that aren't really important. Yeah, like should women wear a head covering, yeah. or do you believe in infant baptism, or the color of the carpet. Well, that's real. I mean, right? that's that's right. That's idiot. But, that's idiotic. But I would rather them divide over those things than over the natures of Christ. Was he really man? Was mm-hmm. he really God? Like mm-hmm. if they okay. divided over those things, then that would be terrible. That would be more like a divorce. Well, that that's would because be, it's stupid. Yeah, it, they wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. They need a whooping. <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't a be the church whooping. anymore, right? No, nah, it would. Like be. if they said that God didn't create the world, world, or the word isn't. Or the Bible isn't the word of God, yeah, or that's, yeah, Jesus yeah. didn't rise from the dead. Yeah. If these churches divided over those, then it w- would truly be a division. Well, yeah, but the yeah. fact that they're, um, you know, quote unquote, dividing over these lesser issues means it's not a real division. Like I said, it's more distinctives adapting to whatever culture uh, th- that's coming. That, yeah, I guess I guess I'm thinking. Of. I've been listening to this podcast, which I sent you a couple episodes of this guy named Mike Winger. Yeah, and um, he's doing this like ten part series of like women in ministry, mm-hmm. and I'm on like the ninth episode, which is oh, over man. six hours long, <laughs> and it's it's solely spending time in First Corinthians, I think, chapter eleven. Yeah. Those like verses two through sixteen, head coverings and the angels and all that, and it's like there's so he so he's quoting a lot of egalitarian Mm -hmm. like theologians and um, you know smart people Mm -hmm. versus complementarian viewpoint, which he kind of has landed on himself. Mm -hmm. But it's like when I think about these things, I've encountered people on both ends, and it's like me and like I meet you, we're cool, and as soon as like. Something comes up like you invite me to a conference mm-hmm. and say I'm more complimentarian or you invite me to your church and I come and, and your church has like a woman pastor mm-hmm. and say I'm not on board with that. And I find it out beforehand. I say, you know what, man, thanks for the invite, but I'm going to pass. Mm-hmm. And he goes like, why? And then I tell him instantly there's this thing that exists between us that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. And it's like knowing what his church is like. I'm probably not going to invite them to my church mm-hmm. because because of something like that. Be, it, people make it be a huge issue, yeah. and th- I guess that's what I'm struggling yeah. with is it's an issue, but how big an yeah. issue is it? Well, maybe this is a good point then to make that, that you bring out and that I bring out in 
when people find themselves in that situation, those situations, they can say, wait a minute, let's take a step back. This person whose church expresses uh, church life this way, I'm not truly divided against them because we still hold the essentials together. So I'm going to be a little more relaxed about this and not let it bother me as much. And hopefully they'll return the favor. And then uh, hopefully with this kind of mentality, the church can learn to see its denominations as just beautiful expressions of the bride of Christ in in many different forms. But still, it's still the same the same bride because the core beliefs are the same. Yeah, I mean, I I I love how you put that, and I and I think that's where I need to get to, and I think that's where people need to be. And it's just like it's so tough because I can have your viewpoint, but that same situation could happen, and it's like, well, not that I have to defend anything, but just like, do I just go? Like in that scenario, mm-hmm. do I just go just for the sake of there not being a thing between mm-hmm. us? I don't know. If I just go, am I supporting that, Supporting what's happening mm-hmm. that I feel like is not biblical? Or do I support my brother in Christ because I want us to remain in good fellowship? Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, this is kind of off the yeah, topic. No, it's... But but it's you know, it's something that I've encountered a ton mm-hmm. in my Christian life. And early on, I used to be that guy that's like drawing hard lines. Yeah. And now it's not like the line isn't drawn, but I'm not so outspoken about it or so dogmatic or yeah. legalistic yeah. about it. And it's like, I'm going to continue, we're going to continue encounter, unless we put ourselves in a bubble within our own church, then we're going to encounter yeah. people of other denominations yeah. and they're going to have some different things that are, you know, somewhat contrary to maybe mm-hmm. what, how we interpret the mm-hmm. Bible. Some churches like to worship really loud and, you know, very mm-hmm. expressive in that and a lot of participation yeah, yeah. back and forth. Some And, and some love that. Uh, and some churches are the opposite. So of that. I guess, so I guess just, it's it's a it's a benefit. I so I guess I guess then the way I'm seeing it now mm-hmm. is it's kind of this is what I'm talking about is somewhat different. You're not talking about the differences of interpretation. You're talking more so about the way of church being done is good. So like there's some ethnic groups that are mm-hmm. known for very long prayer and yeah, worship times. Yeah. Yep. And some people get upset about that. And yeah. it's like, why? If, like, don't go. But mm-hmm. don't down them yeah. because there's no time limit in the Bible about how yeah. long you should pray and worship. Yeah. So so things like that mm-hmm. that may be ethnically different, mm-hmm. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I guess my mind kind of took me to maybe interpretationally different. You know, not non-essential stuff, but people mm-hmm. make non-essential stuff essential stuff. Yeah. So, you know, like baptism, you know, yeah. that's an essential thing to do, but doing it as a baby, I don't think the scriptures speak mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, and if you sprinkle if as an adult sprinkle or versus, dunk as an adult or you know, and it's a like, river or, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. spontaneous. But like see, like it, we're doing baptism at church, and we say, hey, if you feel the Lord yeah. moving, come get baptized. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I don't want to give a person a false sense of yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's like these things become big issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my world I live in, and it's like, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. They it gets fuzzy around the edges because someone's um, interpretation of scripture could lead to a different expression. But that ain't that how the denominations know? came about? Yeah, yeah. So to me, yeah. then it's relevant to this yeah. topic. You know, if yeah. Methodists do things this way and Lutherans do things this way, and if they were like 
like twins from birth, identical, mm-hmm. and they read the scriptures and view some things different, and they said, we're going to start our own different mm-hmm. church. Or they're together in a church. You know, at some point in time, they split, and that's where we get these mm-hmm. nominations. Even twins with the same exact DNA and genes and all that, they still will still grow up different, you know? Yeah. So. so. All right, cool. So, yeah, so that's first one I want to say, the church's adaptability, I guess. Uh, second one is that the church uh, unites people around a purpose. Mm, amen. And in this world today, where purpose is just thrown out the window under a bus, um, it, the church gives us like things to do. Right? Mm-hmm. Gives us places to go, people to meet, community, meaning, all of that. And uh, like I've been, I've been a part of, I've been a part of. Um, Therapy groups, okay, trying to find the word, and uh, with guys in it who were um, not going to church and weren't Christians, and as I would hear some of them like share their issues and problems with life, I so many times I'm sitting there thinking, you would find all that if you just went to church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something to do with your spare time, yeah. uh, a community, people, uh, you'd find those things. It's all right there. So the church has that it's all offered there and um i think i don't i think that yeah people might take that for granted or not even realize it's there yeah i mean again like i think i'm i'm definitely from birth a pessimist you know and i'm always trying to be optimistic about things and as i think about that think about what you just said Mm -hmm. two things kind of came to mind one like that may be true of your church but there's plenty of churches that's not true of like Christ is the hope, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of churches aren't providing these opportunities that you speak of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's almost like a dead and lifeless church. Mm-hmm. You know, That's- so it's so it's like a good, healthy church. What you said mm-hmm. is true, but I I would say there's tons of churches. That that's not true of mm-hmm. because they're the you know churches where mostly are ENC Christians you know Easter and Christmas time that's when they go and and that's when they get most of the people that come throughout the year and you may have a little small faithful group but all the stuff they do is internal mm-hmm. you know so the church isn't providing a platform for them to be trained and then go out to make disciples and so I think that yes the purpose of the church is that. But the negativeness in me is like, yeah, but I don't think churches do a good job of doing that. The potential's there, though. It should be. The potential is there. In Christ it is, but man is the one that's in charge, and that's where the problem lies, right? If you got a good leadership of people in a church Mm -hmm. like the orchard, then you're Mm going to have that. But if you don't have good leadership that is all internally focused mm-hmm. and about our thing that we do amongst ourselves, almost like a closed church mm-hmm. to a certain extent, then it's not thriving and that stuff's mm-hmm. not happening. But the potential is there. I get I mean I mean if you have if the people that's in leadership ain't getting it, then where's the potential? Yeah. 
right? If, I if, guess they get struck by lightning, and yes, the, there's the potential yeah, there. But what but. is better? Okay, so you have just guy out on his own, not participating in a church, sitting on his couch playing video games, something like that, versus you have this local church. And it's in a neighborhood. It has 15 people in it, okay. right? And the pastor works another job full-time, and he's volunteering to try to be their pastor. And they're just kind of struggling together to, mm-hmm. to figure out. And, it, and they don't have all the opportunities. They don't have all that. What would be better, to get that guy to keep him on his couch or to bring him into that group uh, yeah, I mean, where at least they have the Bible and they have other people and they have something to do? Um uh, I mean, yeah, I agree that that would be the better of the two, yeah, without a doubt. That's a no-brainer. And then hopefully, they, hopefully, if they do rely on the word, they can figure out how to move forward and to grow more and more in those areas. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. You know, I just, I just, I just, I don't <laughs> like the church is the bride of Christ. Period. I believe in that. Christ loved the church that He gave Himself for it, and I love going to church and I love mm-hmm. participating in church stuff. But the churches I've been a part of and what I see around me, people don't have that perspective. Hmm. They don't. And people's perspective comes from what? Teaching or reading the word. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have a perspective, that means it's not being taught or they're not in the word. And teaching from other people too, other Christians, sure, not just the not pastor. Not just the pastor, yeah. 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 You know? And so it's like, you know, I think there's a verse that says something like, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's like, People are dying spiritually if they even have the spirit mm-hmm. of God because they don't know the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so I don't again, man, like I'm a I'm a pessimistic person. So even even the denominations again, not to go back to that, but yeah, not to go back to that. It's just it's crazy, man. I heard an interview with uh Dr. Ian McGilchrist. He's this hmm. philosopher, kind of psychiatrist, kind of super smart guy that I can Barely understand, but super smart guy, and they were. He, he has this new book called uh, "The Matter with Things," and it's a play on the word matter and hmm. things and all that. And it's two volumes. It's like fifteen hundred pages long. It's like intense. Wow. So there, um, and the, his previous book was called "The Master and His Emissary." And it's about the brain, our brain hemispheres, and how to understand and the different hemispheres, and how he thinks that our Western culture is. Uh, been lost to uh, one of the hemispheres and and mm. has um, lost meaning in life. So, anyways, at the end of this long interview that he was given, the interviewer basically said, "You know, if you could boil it down, Dr. McGill, Chris, like, what's what are you about?" And one of the things he said was, "I mean, he's a doctor. I mean, even medical doctor, I believe." And he said. If you, he said, the importance of having meaning in life, and and there's three things that give people meaning. He said spirituality, and this guy's not necessarily Christian, I don't think. Mm-hmm. He said spirituality, community, and nature, the outdoors, God's creation. He said, if the if a person has those three three things in their life. They will be more healthy than if they stop smoking or stop exercising or stop dieting. Hmm. It's just an incredible thing to say. So, hmm. like having those three things as as a part of your life is, is th- that gives you more benefit, health, emotions than not some, than stopping smoking. Like you can, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, somebody just sent me a, a text last night of some 
50-year-old man that just ran a marathon under three hours chain smoking the whole time. <laughs> and they say he's done it several times before. So I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. that kind of speaks, you know, is, is crazy. You but know? if we have, and that's like the thing about the church, the potential that's there anyways, that you have all three of those things, really. You have the community, you have the spirituality, and if you're connected with your environment, the creation around you in the right way, and recognizing that God created nature, then you have all three right there in the church. Yeah. It's just so that's the second one. Uh, the third one is uh, the church is now there's all, all, all kinds of footnotes to this one, too. <laughs> all kinds of footnotes, but the church is there for you when you're struck down. You know what? As long as the word potential exists, yeah, yeah, then there's no need for me to say anything because there's always potential, and that's yeah. the pessim. I mean, optimistic way to look yeah. at it, and 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 it is true of many churches, yeah. if not most. I know it's true in my life. Yeah, that church has been there for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, when it's I've been, been it's been down. true of mine too. Yeah. You know, and, and I I never I necessarily associated to the church as I did to the people. But then I guess the people make up the church. Yeah. So it's yeah. semantics. Yeah. So I, I mean, I agree. The churches that definitely lifted me up mm-hmm. in many, many ways, many times in my mm-hmm. life. And so the potential is there yeah. for that to happen for anyone mm-hmm. if they were part of that organization. Right. And there was many. There have been many people who bailed on me in my darkest days. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Many so-called Christians. But mm-hmm. there's been many who have step forward and have been there for me. So yeah, I recognize both, but uh the church is there for you when you're when you're struck down and I don't know what I don't know what I would have done without the church. Yeah. I guess when I think about the church, something I usually I'd usually find myself saying a lot to people who I meet who are negative against the church. Mm-hmm. So get this, the, the role flips, right? I turn from the pessimist to the optimist. <laughs> or maybe it's the realist. And people they get upset about Either A, them being hurt mm-hmm. by something in their church, or they got their panties in a bunch because of what they heard happened in somebody yeah, else's yeah. church they don't even go to. Yeah. And they're one to be in each scenario, they're one to be done with the church. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you throwing the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. so to speak? Right. These are fallible men and maybe women mm-hmm. who have done egregious things. They've sinned against God in their position that God has placed them in. And now you want to be done with the church? Like since the since when does anyone or any group of men and or women represent the church mm-hmm. other than God being Jesus being mm-hmm. the head of the church? You know what I mean? So it's like when people are like being down on the church, I'm like, hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't denounce the bride of Christ. Denounce those individuals. Mm-hmm. Stop following them. And you shouldn't have been following them in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's idol worship. You know, you shouldn't expect your pastor to be sexually immoral, you know, immoral or mm-hmm. to be a gambler or getting drunk or getting out. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't expect that. But when it happens, this shouldn't be like a sucker punch, like, oh my goodness, like yeah. The church is corrupt. It ain't mm. no good no more. I'm yeah, done. Yeah, and throw the whole thing out. Yeah, and throw the whole thing out. So, you I know, usually like using a, an analogy. I don't know if it's a good analogy though, but 
you have a bad experience with it with with your car, right? Mm, do you, yeah, like do a, you say, okay, I'm done with cars forever. I'm just going to stop driving. <laughs> that's a good one. It's like, that's well, no, you one. had you had one bad experience with a car, or maybe you caused a car crash, or maybe someone else hit you, or maybe you didn't change the oil or the yeah. spark plug. You know, you had one bad experience, and now you're going to yeah. get, get rid of, a, get rid of even, driving. No, you won't, because driving's important. And here's an even dumber like analogy. <laughs> If you have problems with your spouse, like on problem, you don't just get rid of, yeah. <laughs> you don't just divorce them, you know. So that's right. In the in the in the this, the church is the bride of Christ. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We all have spouse troubles. Yeah. So I think definitely the church, you know, meaning the people that are there. If it's a good, healthy church, that when you're in a tough spot, mm-hmm. like, and I've had churches be for me in a tough spot, and it's not even church I go to. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, wow. Yeah. So I definitely, like I said, I've experienced tons of times over the years where church, yeah. you know, the people have been there for yeah. me. So I I love that, man, you know. And even people that don't go to church, like a lot of churches have, uh, what's that fund? That, uh, uh, yep. Can't even Benevolence think fund. Benevolence yeah. fund, yeah. So like people, random people can apply. And if you prove that there's a true need. Yeah. They're Absolutely. I mean, do people know that out there? Non-Christians out there? <laughs> like you're I mean, this is the this is just the bizarreness of it. You could be an atheist, you could be a church hater, mm-hmm. and you come on hard times and you go to your local community church and you state your case and they will support you. They potentially will support you. Yeah. A complete stranger. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's that's awesome. I've seen it. That's love of God. I mean, I have too. Yeah. I mean, there's a big church around here called Willow Creek mm-hmm. that they have a care center. And I don't know if you've ever been in there. Yep, but I sure have. But they help with legal services. They help with dental services. Cars. They have groceries. Cars. They got a grocery store in there. They yep. got kids' clothes in there. Yep. You know, and it's like, man, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, and they vet the people. It's not like... You know, you come driving up in your Ferrari and going there and get $800 worth of groceries. Like, they vet you where you have mm-hmm. to bring, like, financial statements and tax returns mm-hmm. and stuff in to prove that you're indigent. Mm-hmm. And if you do, then they bless you. Mm-hmm. And they even help you. They don't even just say, here's a handout. They have job fairs. They're trying mm-hmm. to help people with their learning how to do financial stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, no matter what you think about that church, like, they, they their heart for people and trying mm-hmm. to help people in need. I've not seen yeah. a church do even come even close yeah. to doing mm-hmm. what they do. And, and it's in, amazing. And in different churches, smaller, you know, a lot smaller well, yeah. churches, they have different expressions yeah, of all those things. Yeah, you can only things. do so much yeah. to your context. Yeah. Yeah. But but the fact that that they do that, there's plenty of other yeah. big churches with tons of money that ain't doing none That's of that true. stuff. Yep. They ain't doing jack. Yeah. We've had people help us with housing things, mm-hmm. with groceries, <clears throat> with cars, with legal things. Uh counseling. We've had so much help from the church over the years at different phases of our life. I mean, just the church being there for like when you, uh, when your wife has a baby or, or when you're sick in the hospital Mm. and it's just, yeah, that's great too. I remember as a, as a pastor, one of the first, um, when I was a pastor, uh, someone in the church got hit by a car Mm. and that was the first time I went to the hospital to do a visit. Mm. Um, and they like flew twenty feet and landed on the pavement and all this. And, wow. But they were fine. But um, like the church shows up. I mean, it's automatic, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, yeah, the church is there for you when you're struck down. Sometimes, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Maybe that's where I did that from. <laughs> um. So that was a third thing. So the fourth thing. Guess it, what, man. 
the thing ain't recording. You know why? Because you didn't give me the thing to put in there. <laughs> Wait, we might still have audio, though. Oh. This could be an audio-only <clears throat> one. Let's go, then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Take so um, so the church definitely, man, can be there for people in their greatest hour of need. And so that's that's amazing, you know, and that's that's all Jesus right there. Yeah. <clears throat> so the uh, fourth thing, then, is um, the church preserves and teaches... The word of God. Like, that's a benefit to the world. The yeah, I mean, Bible. Yeah, I mean, it, without the Bible, we'd be hopeless yeah, almost. I feel like in in cer- certain circles and spheres of culture right now, they're like discovering mm-hmm. or rediscovering. They think this great, the Bible, this ancient book, and mm-hmm. I'm like, and they're just so jacked by it and seeing its wisdom and all that. And I'm like, you know, the church has had the Bible the whole time. Yeah. Like, this is what... If you become a part of a church and you enter into it in small groups and teaching and preaching, like you get this every every day yeah. or every week, mm-hmm. and um, there's nothing like the Bible, right? Amen. There's nothing like it. I'm, no, there ain't nothing. Like, I mean, it's a living. I mean, it's definitely compared to any other book. I haven't read every book in the world, by the way. <clears throat> but when you compare it, <clears throat> and many people have compared it, it's unlike any other book. Yeah. Yeah. The the the. The depth of the wisdom and the meaning that it gives, its understanding of reality, how life works, the pathway to get to God, <laughs> yeah, you know, how to get forgiveness, a cleanse conscience, how to straighten your life up, mm-hmm. how to live a life that pleases God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we believe there's a God and, and we want to please Him, mm-hmm. like, where do we learn that from? The Bible. How to be unified with each other. How to deal with difficult situations mm-hmm. and circumstances, marriage, um, yeah, kids, finances, <laughs> Un- unruly neighbors, yeah, <laughs> enemies, skin disorders. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't know what skin disorder. That's a new one for me. Uh, little Leviticus for you. Oh, okay, all but, right. <laughs> um, but like, I was I was in a a, a class last week, mm-hmm. and the guy was um, the teacher, great teacher. Uh, he was um, was part of our like a Sunday school class. Oh, okay. But he was um, talking about reasons to uh, believe the Bible, like kind of from an archaeological, mm, okay, kind of political kind of point of view. In that, if you look at uh, the Book of Acts and the New Testament and kind of the, the the politics that it talked about, was congruent was with what was really happening, the geography, mm. all of that. It's just this very. Uh, imp- Empirically based evidence that you should believe the Bible that yeah, it's yeah. that it's true, right? Mm-hmm. All this evidence, and at the end of it all, um, I mean, where my mind went, I'm a contrarian too, but uh, I said, you know, mm. even if, and he was arguing against people who were saying that, oh well, the Bible was written hundreds of years late, mm-hmm. like the New Testament wasn't written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or whoever. It was written hundreds of years later by these other people, so therefore, you can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure, let's say it was written hundreds of years later. Yeah. Like, who cares? It's like, it's like, say you go to the Sistine Chapel, and someone like proves, like, oh, Michelangelo didn't paint yeah. that. Yeah, it was painted, from the beauty it? was painted 200 mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. It's like, doesn't matter. Still beautiful. This thing's still a miracle, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yep. still amazing. It's yep. still incredible. It's like, yeah, yeah. and that's and that's the Bible. It's still it's still life transforming. Yeah, yeah. It's still amazing. It's still a miracle. Yeah, you can't take that Amen. away from and it. And at the end of the day, no matter what name is associated with the author, God 
is the author. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what human name is attributed, whether that's yeah, correct or that's not. that's right. It's still God authored it. That's right. And that's the point that we shouldn't get stuck on. Who, yeah. who wrote Hebrews? And Luke wasn't the first-hand eyewitness. Yeah. Does that take away the power that God yeah. could choose anonymous people or people yeah. that aren't anonymous that's right. to write what he wants to write? Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't take away from that. Yep. Yeah. And get into it yourself. Take a view of the the beauty of the Sistine Chapel, you know, yeah. so to speak, and you'll see. Yeah, that's a good. There's analogy. nothing like, like it. That. There's nothing like it. So, uh, the Word of God, the fourth one, and then the fifth one, the last one that I have is, um, and I don't have too much to say about this because I think it's kind of obvious. Maybe you have more, okay. but the church is doing great things in the world. Like that's the fifth reason why. Um, yeah, yeah. And the church is what of. The fifth thing of what's right with the church. The church does great works in the world, um, whether it's education, you know, thinking back to, um, I mentioned like Sunday school, even the idea of Sunday school came about because you had um, kids who, there's you know, no child labor laws, so kids who worked mm. all week and were not able to go to school because school they were too poor and they had to work. And so the church came and provided uh, school for them on Sundays. Oh, I didn't know to that. To teach them to read and write and math wow. and all that. And that's where Sunday schools came from. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. I and didn't know that. Uh, so just things like that, not small things, big things <clears throat> like that, the church has been d- doing ever since. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I think about from a global perspective, I've had an opportunity to be on a few out of the country trips where we visited um, some churches in Albania. Mm-hmm. A uh, couple pastors in Kosovo, a few churches in northern Greece, so like um, Philippi, wow. Thessaloniki, you know, so not yeah. like the cool parts of Greece like Athens, yeah. <laughs> you know, all that yeah. cool looking stuff. This was in the country. Um, but it was cool to see that much smaller, much different, and especially Albania and Kosovo, Muslim countries, mm-hmm. where you didn't see churches on corners, you saw mosques on corners. To see a group of individuals um, being obedient to God and trying to reach people for the cause of Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the church, right? The church isn't an America thing, right? It's a world Mm -hmm. thing. It's for everybody everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think before I went on those trips, I had a narrow, almost non-existent view of what those things look like in other mm-hmm. countries because you hear stuff, you see yeah, pictures, yeah. you see stuff on videos, yeah. yeah, and all that stuff is good and mm-hmm. it's relevant and it's true. But until you step foot on the soil and until you talk to the indigenous people there mm. and hear and see and sometimes even experience what's going on in those places, it's like same God, yeah. same spirit, same Bible, different yeah. language. But it's just like, man, like the church is moving, whether it be a church that meets under a tree somewhere mm-hmm. in Sahara, Africa, yeah. or they're meeting yeah. in, a, in a prison cell in Russia, mm-hmm. in the gulag somewhere mm-hmm. where it's like people are scanning bones because mm-hmm. they ain't feeding you mm-hmm. right and there's feces everywhere. But there's going to be a, a group of people, and, mm-hmm. and a group can be two or yeah. three, that are sincerely like seeking God and, and trying to follow maybe a page out of the Bible yeah, that they yeah. have and that's yeah. it. You know, so it's amazing, man. It, it really is that how like God transcends any color, mm-hmm. any creed, any any nation. It it, it exceeds anything. Is a church like cockroaches? <laughs> they can survive anywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, because like in the earth, right, they used to meet in caves sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like 
God transforms a person's life, and then those people in turn follow mm-hmm. that God mm-hmm. and risk their lives for mm-hmm. it. You know, I, which I can't identify with. I heard a cool story about uh, they were talking about um, relics. You know how during the Roman Catholic, well, the Roman Catholic Church preserved these relics of like they said, "Well, this is the finger of the disciple Matthew, or whatever." <laughs> yeah. And this is the the hair from Peter's beard or whatever. Mm. And so this is this relic. And, you know, we kind of roll our eyes and laugh at that. But the guy told the story of where relics began. And it's kind of like super cool, actually. Mm. He said during the Roman Empire days when um, Christianity was illegal, right? And it survived even, mm. even then when it was small and illegal and they had to meet underground and they would meet in the catacombs and tombs, mm-hmm. uh, these 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 tombs were like where people were buried, and so like the altar would would act, be an actual um, like a tombstone, yeah, a tombstone, a casket, yeah, yeah, with the the body in it, you know, with, with the finger bone and the hair in it, you know. So they having the altar and having the meeting place there, it just I guess that's where it kind of kind of came from, which is cool in the sense that yeah, there was a lot at risk. They had to go to extremes, but it survived, right? Yeah. And they uphold these, you know, relics as remembrance of uh, how they survived like that. Hmm. I mean, I guess as we close, it's I've observed that at the very end of the Bible, um, it's the culmination of the Bible, right? It's like the very uh, kind of like the climax, maybe the the part that we've been waiting for, and at the very end, um, like. Sometimes I would expect the spotlight to go like to Jesus and to shine on him, but the spotlight goes to the church and it shines on her in Revelation 21 when he says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth come down. And he says, then he goes on and talks about, about how he sees the bride of Christ and like the spotlight ends on the church. And it's like, mm. wow. So God loves his church, right? Yeah. Just to, to end where we began, God loves his church. And um, there's a lot of a lot of bad, but there's a lot of potential uh, in her too. And um, these are, I guess, uh, five reasons that we could learn to love her, love the church too, right? Amen. I mean, loving the church is to love Jesus. That's yeah. what I would say. So yeah. if you don't love the church, how can you love Jesus? It's his bride. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's maybe a little extreme. No, but- that that was said by I think it was like. Tertullian or some wow. some ancient church father who says, "He who does not have the church as his mother cannot have the ha, cannot have God as his father." Mm, like kind of okay. an extreme kind of thing, but sure. it's like yeah, you it need makes to, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah you put so. in that perspective, it wakes you up. Yeah, and should like lead you to loving both mm-hmm. equally. Yeah, and fighting fighting for both. Sure, not, sure, yeah, like, yeah. Not like you said, just to give up on it when yeah. things go wrong, right? Yeah. yeah, fight the people, not the church. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> fight nobody. So, man, well, man, this is um, it's good. This is good, man. I think that um, people need to have some hope now, where many people are falling away from the church for mm-hmm. various reasons, whether it be deconstruction, whether it be a personal hurt, or them seeing others hurt, or maybe it be other. Like doctrines and, mm-hmm. and false gospels that people are gravitating mm-hmm. to, and even other religions. Like a lot of people I heard are wanting to go back to the the, the liturgical church mm-hmm. because there's something about that 
those rituals, if you will, mm-hmm. that they do that seeming to be authentic because mm-hmm. people are looking for authenticity. Mm-hmm. And since church, the evangelical church world is showing a lot of inauthenticity yeah. by people falling, yeah. they're saying, let's get back to yeah. this, which isn't good in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so like we need to get back to what is the church? Why does the church exist? Mm-hmm. What the church provides, mm-hmm. these five things mm-hmm. that you mentioned, and getting on board with that mm-hmm. and get out of our flesh and being led by the Spirit, because the mm-hmm. Spirit of God in you is not going to lead you from the church. It's going to lead you to cling to mm-hmm. the church. And so they're not operating in the Spirit, if they even have it, but mm-hmm. they're operating in the flesh. Yeah. So I think this is very relevant, and um, people need to know that the church is not your enemy. Um, and, and I was sitting here thinking, I was just having breakfast with a brother Monday, and we were talking about Promise Keepers. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about hearing Tony Evans for the first time at Promise Keepers. And he remembers, after all these years, been like 30-some-odd years wow. ago, and I don't know how it came up, but I just remember him saying, you know, God don't ride the backs of bulls and donkeys. You know, hmm. so that's politics, hmm. right? And it's like in the world we're living in now hmm. where, the to me, some of the biggest lines that have been drawn, abortion and just politics in general, hmm. right? These are yeah. big glaring yeah. lines in the United States, and I would even say hmm. in, in other parts of the world where Christians, like hmm. real people who are Christ followers, or on each side of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to do that as an episode, mm-hmm. you know, based on God not riding on the backs of bulls and donkeys, right? That's the title in some form yeah. or fashion. Because I want to talk about that because I think that is associated with church yeah, in a absolutely. way. Because people are dividing, turning away from some of these political issues and even I wouldn't say abortion is a political issue, but it's being used mm-hmm. as a political issue big time to mm-hmm. make people choose sides. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, maybe we'll do something like that. So look forward to it. If we do, it's going to be to me like difficult to dive into, but I think we need to, yeah. we need to dive in the deep end Yep, more than the shallow end. So no BS here, no BS here. That's right. So man, thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, again, share this, um, Email us if you have any comments, bumperstickerfaith at gmail.com. Leave us a comment. Um, if you listen on um, um, Apple Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, you know, this will be a audio-only episode yep. because I failed to load in the hard drive on the camera. So I hit record. <laughs> I and failed I looked, to give it to him. <laughs> and I was like, man, we ain't been recording. So, like, man, we just powering through it. So, hey, you know, pass along to somebody, man. Maybe they'll get some value out of it or let us know your thoughts. Yeah. But until then, man, have a great great rest of the day and week and until we meet again don't go stepping in no BS peace